What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said to him, If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in the heavens, and come, follow me. Matthew 19, 16-21 This week, we begin a new series titled, Living the Kingdom Life Throughout Our Human Life, with speaking by Brother Ron Kangas on the stages of human life in relation to our life with the Lord and our church life, along with four foundational matters from the Gospel of Matthew. This meeting was held in August of 2014 in Anaheim, California. A link to the full audio can be found in the episode notes. I suppose I should let you know at the outset, I'm not a young adult. (laughs) But I believe, according to the Lord's arrangement, and a very uh, intense exercise over the last several weeks, I do have something worthwhile and profitable to share with you. The presentation will be in three stages. Just letting you know what's ahead. The first I feel to share very briefly part of my personal history. Especially from the point of view of having been and being with young adults. Then there will be the message proper, the weighty part, believe me, a weighty part, even as the Gospel of Matthew is weighty, yet supplying, then that will give us the subject. And the subject, the title of the message as a whole, is living the kingdom life Throughout our human life. Okay? Not just in the human life, but throughout the entire course in whatever stage we're in. Then, once we emerge from weighty Matthew, then we'll end with a soft landing to point out from the Word how this has worked out and how rich is the supply. To work it out. Okay. I came into the Lord's recovery with my wife in 1966. And with few exceptions, everyone in the church in Los Angeles was what is now known as a young adult. I was 27. My wife was a little younger The three co-workers who were also elders were in their early 30s. Brother Samuel Chang, maybe he was approaching 60. So we were all just young adults without any consciousness that that's what we were. But that's in fact what we were. 
And this is how we lived. And you'll have to decide whether we can live like this any longer. I don't have an opinion one way or the other, although deep within, I had the faith that we can. Life was simple. We came out of Christianity or the world and entered the Lord's recovery with a vision of God's purpose concerning the church with Christ. So we gave ourselves unreservedly to that. And everything in our human life was related to that. Perhaps as portrayed by the arrangement of the tents of the saints in numbers, all facing the tent of meeting. So we met as the church Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday morning for fellowship and prayer, several hours for practical service, Lord's Day morning, Lord's Day evening for the Lord's table. It was just a given. Perhaps surprisingly, many of the brothers deliberately took jobs teaching school because such a job was good for the church life. You never get rich doing it, but you can basically support yourself apart from the catastrophes that come every now and then. But you have the winter break for Brother Lee's winter conference. You have the summer for a 10-day conference followed by a six-week training. That's how we lived. Then we had children. We loved our children. And the mothers would take turns babysitting three to five children so the other sisters could go to a meeting. So I worked as a school teacher. I became a dad. I was a brother in the church. We all lived within walking distance of Eldon Hall. We would never make a choice concerning our living situation that wasn't conducive to the church life. So when I was just about 31, we moved to Chicago. We migrated a bunch of young adults with one ancient 40-year-old brother to protect us, started the church in Chicago. A year later, I migrated to Detroit. The truck carrying all of our goods was burned, but my wife and I rejoiced. Then at 34, I began to serve with Brother Lee, a young adult. At 36, we were brought into the fight for the truth as a young adult. Then I turned 40, and I'm not legal about this, but you ain't a young adult no more (laughs) once you enter into your 40s. But we're not doing a card check. 
of anybody's age. So this is my life as a young adult. And this is what's in me. This is all I know. Is the situation the same now, almost 50 years later, outwardly, environmentally, is drastically different? I don't believe intrinsically, humanly, and spiritually it is. So, so this is what, where I'm speaking from. You have an understand. And don't worry about the memory of this brother who's not a young adult. When you get older, you remember everything. It's just incredible. You might not remember what happened two minutes ago, but you remember every minute detail. So I believe my recall is not a, a revision of my personal history. This was just the way the Lord's recovery began. And when we entered into another stage, nothing changed intrinsically. Now, regarding the young adult stage of life, what a precious period. It is a crucial time of development in every way. You're beyond your study or your preparation for your trade. So it's not a theoretical time. It's a time of development by learning, by doing, in your family life, your married life, in the church life. It's in our hearts deeply to facilitate this manifold development by giving, not by giving, but assuring that the young adult saints would have many opportunities to learn by doing without being micromanaged. When I began working with Brother Lee in Fear and Trembling, I was 34. He gave me some basic perfecting on how I should work with him in this matter. He checked with me at first overseeing me. And then he backed off. He wasn't micromanaging me. He committed something to me. And I worked in relation to him. So this is what's in our heart. Now I'd like to give an illustration from a recent experience at the UCLA Medical Center, which will make a point. And the point is this. Being a young adult, developing in this stage, taking on more and more responsibility, that's crucial. But the full weight of responsibility is never borne by young adults. It's borne by middle-aged and older and so we're not like handing over everything and the rest of us go to the reservation or to the old folks home and retire. Neither are we holding on to anything. 
So here's the illustration. I needed a certain kind of um, very particular medical care in two sessions. And the one who would carry this out had to really know what he was doing. And so I met the medical staff, and here was the doctor and his fellow. The word fellow is used for someone who has a medical fellowship. And this fellow, working under this radiation oncologist slash surgeon, was a very promising young physician, maybe between 29 and 31. Finished medical school, finished his residency. But he was there learning by doing and by observing. And I was very clear no 31 year old fellow is going to do this on my body. <laughs> I want this Dr. Demanis, who's but maybe between 58 and 61, who's done this thousands of times, who has a worldwide reputation. He's the one who's going to bear the responsibility for this. Now, if he lets his fellow insert this, very good. You do one-eighteenth of the job. And if you let him help me with the recovery, that's very good. So this medical fellow knows where he stands in relation to this senior physician. He knows he's there to learn by doing. He knows he will be given increased responsibility. And he also realizes that the heart of the senior physician is, you will learn with me, you will be trained by me, you will eventually equal me and hopefully surpass. That's the view. If we can have this view on both sides, we will avoid the tragedy of 1977. 1977 was a gross and crude generational rebellion in the Lord's recovery. A disgrace. Just a disgrace. Sometime we should give you a little Deuteronomy. It's a fact of the history. It cannot be denied. Impressions were stamped on us that are, cannot be eradicated. But I believe history will not be repeated. I believe you will make history and not repeat history. So we can have a very sweet, endearing, mutually respectful, loving, encouraging relationship among us, regardless of age. 
Now, we were not conscious of being young adults because that's all there was. But as the years go by and children are born and they grow and they become young adults and the former young adults are middle-aged and then at 70, I think at 70 you say farewell to middle age. I don't know where you are, but you're not there anymore. And so then it's understandable that there would be more of a realization So we need to take care of the various subgroups in the spirit of the body. So now you know where I'm coming from. My heart is open to you. My spirit is open to you. So this is the perspective from which I'm sharing with you. Okay, now we turn to, you could say, the message proper on living the kingdom life throughout our human life. And as I begin this, I have an appeal, and I hope we can coordinate in this. And the appeal is simple. Listen to the end. Listen to the end, meaning the end of the remainder of my presentation. Don't dwell on certain particulars, and there will be some very definite particulars. Don't sink into subjectivity and tune out at that point. Receive the grace and control the self and the mind to remain open to the end. And I think when we reach that point, we will all leave here with grace and peace. Otherwise, some will leave sorrowing like the rich young ruler. Now, I want to present from Matthew, first, four foundational matters. And then I've revived my list. I think it's 14. But you can keep track and let me know on the end what the number actually is. So we have to face something. Something obvious. The New Testament begins with Matthew. We don't know in what order the Gospels were written. But we do believe that the ordering of the New Testament books was sovereignly of the Lord. So the New Testament doesn't open with John saying, God loves the world. Grace be with you. Be at peace, everyone. The New Testament begins with the kingdom of the heavens, the kingdom of God, entering into human history and confronting human beings with the requirements of the kingdom. And we do ourselves and the Lord a disservice if we read the New Testament selectively, avoiding a weighty book like Matthew, but reveling in John, and selectively reading passages 
that will soothe our soul. This will not benefit us for the long run. Now, of the four foundational matters, not all of them need too much development. Some will need a little. The first is the focus. Which focus is the governing vision? The all-inclusive Christ and the church. Chapter 16. Who do men say that I am? Peter receives the revelation, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. If you consult the Holy Word for Morning Revival from the Crystallization Study of Matthew and find the message on the all-inclusive Christ, you will see the vastness of this Christ in Matthew. And he said, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades may attack it, but will never prevail against it. So this is the focus. This is the governing vision. This is what caused me in particular to abandon Christianity as a whole and become simply a brother in a local church, teaching at San Fernando High School, both the dumbest and smartest kids in the school. (laughs) Then, the second foundational matter, which I want to define in a particular way, is that Matthew is a book on the kingdom. So this is now opening up the point on living the kingdom life. And there are two main aspects to the kingdom in Matthew. And it may be the second never had opportunity to cross your mind. But in a wonderful little book, How to Be Useful to the Lord, Brother Lee opens this up. The first aspect is what we sang about in hymn 942. The inner ruling of Christ as life. That's the kingdom. By the Lord's mercy, I can testify that today, I dare not say, Every moment. But in every significant practical matter. The kingdom life was ruling. I need to go to UCLA. For a post-operative situation. The kingdom life was ruling there. Need to work on elders training outlines. I need to prepare for the meeting tonight. But I had the sense the energy is low. Take a nap. Then go to my office, respond to this email, take care of this request. And then don't try to work on outlines. Concentrate on the meeting. So ordinary, yet so normal. 
We have a king, the all-inclusive Christ, as the spirit in resurrection. And he wants to train us to live under his direct ruling in life. Throughout our human life. Throughout the practicalities, the boring repetitions, the heartbreaking sufferings, the perplexing situations. He will train us just to live under his inner ruling with a river flowing and a tree growing and the Lord living in us. That's the kingdom. The second aspect is very different. And that is the kingdom is a matter of paying a price your whole life, your whole life. In a very real sense, the entire gospel of Matthew is on paying the price. The Lord came, by the way, to young adults, fishing, to another young adult who's an accountant, the tax collector, and called them to leave everything and follow him. That's a price. When someone came to him and said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. Let me first just bury my father. The Lord said, let the dead bury their dead. If you put the hand to the plow, you're not fit for the kingdom. And the rich young man, the kind of some kind of ruler, he really wanted to enter the kingdom as the realm of eternal life. And the Lord didn't say, that's wonderful. I'm so encouraged that you have the heart to be, follow me and enter into the kingdom and the coming age is a realm of life. The Lord first reminded him of the commandments. The young men said, I, I have fulfilled these. Then from Mark's account, we have this detail. The Lord looked at him and loved him. He loved him. But he didn't lower the price. He said one thing. You lack one thing. Sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. And follow me. That's the price. I have been here in the Lord's recovery almost 48 years. It's not a record. But it's not, a, humanly speaking, a brief period either. I have no regrets concerning the price at any stage. But I can testify the paying of the price never ends. We can only advance by paying the price. We have the vision, we have the realization, we have the aspiration, 
We want to be useful. We want to serve the Lord. We want to mature in life. We want to be overcomers. We want to be able to shepherd the saints. We want to finish our God-ordained course. But we need to realize there is a price. And put in simple terms, the price of living the kingdom life throughout our human life in the Lord's recovery is this. It costs you everything. And you are promised nothing. In the sense of a commercial exchange. Right? If I do this, then what will I have in the church life? What will I be? Will I be on the podium in the seven feasts 12 years from now? Will I be taking the lead? Will my husband obtain glory that I can bask in? Remember what James and John, motivated by mommy, said, Lord, we have a request. What? We want to sit on your right and on your left in your kingdom. And the Lord said, Can you drink the cup that I drink? Can you be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said, we are able. And then he said, you will drink my cup. And you will be baptized with my baptism. But it's not for me to say where you will be in the kingdom. That's up to the Father. There is nothing for the self in the real church life in the Lord's recovery. But the paying of the price is in relation to gaining this all-inclusive Christ and living out the desire of his heart to build the church. So that was actually the second and the third point. The second point is on the kingdom itself as a realm of life. The third point is on paying the price. Thank you for joining us today. To hear the complete recording and other messages, please visit livingtohim.com. If you would like to receive regular updates from us, please subscribe to this podcast and join our mailing list on our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, where our handle is at livingtohim.